This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society. And we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. And hello, Hearts of Oak. Thank you once again for joining us for a, another live stream. Come to you a few hours before uh, we go live, and it is my absolute honour to talk to Matt Hoy. Matt, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure, Peter. Thank you for having me. Not at all. As soon as uh, your wonderful PR person, Jenny, who I've got to know through Right Said Fred, recommended you, I was... Uh, up for that and any recommendation from jenny is a good recommendation thank you to jenny for getting that on bless her bless her cotton socks but it's good to be and it's really nice to talk to you please it really is Thanks so much, Matt. Now, you can, obviously, for our viewers and our listeners, because this will be a, a, as a podcast, because done a few hours before, you can follow Matt, Matt Hoy, official underscore uh, 331 on Rumble, on, goodness, on Rumble, on, get, it's 3311. My apologies. Yeah. 3311. I'm I will, guessing, yeah. I will take it off and fix. And over on Twitter, it's at Matt Hoy Official, and of course the website is matthoyofficial.co.uk. Um, oh, very official, isn't it? It is. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have imposters? Non-official? No. No. But, the, but there are some out there. There are some out there. It's weird. Yeah. But no. It's, uh, can... it's, it's on me. Good. Matt Hoy Official. Now, Matt, before we get into the, the conversation, I guess, about your uh, standing up and your desire not to get a, a vaccine. Now, we've talked to many people about this subject uh, mm-hmm. involving how it affects our workplace and how it affects other parts. But maybe before we get into that, could you just take a, a few moments and introduce yourself before we get on to, I guess, even prior UB40 story and then on to this. So introduce yourself before then. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, I'm Matt Hoy. Um, obviously, people will probably know me best for being a former vocalist with UB40 featuring Ali and Astro. I've always been a singer. I've always been a solo artist. I've always been involved in music throughout my career, um, if not performing, uh, being a songwriter as well. Um, yeah, and that's that's all I know how to do, drive and sing. So... Uh, <laughs> That's mainly the things I've done in life, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's always been a pleasure to do this this line of work. It's never felt like a chore by any means, you know. Um, I can't really say it's felt like going to work and doing a nine to five. I've been lucky enough to land on my feet and be able to do something that you know my God given talents has allowed me to do, which is amazing. T- t- I mean, what what was about music? Was that always what you wanted to do? Did you have any other desires or simply kind of write and sing? And what, was that always what you wanted to do? Well, my, my first abs- absolute desire was to be a bus driver, uh, but I oh. didn't think that was going to get me many places in life. Uh, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with being a bus driver, but I had admirations because there was something about music. I, I mean, my my mother, God rest her soul, I mean, from the age of three, I would be singing along and asking her to put records on. There was just something about music that it stirred something inside me and I just absolutely adored it. And the older I got, obviously, when I was young, I just listened to my mother's music because I didn't know any different. Uh, But when I started getting my own um, interests and um, 
artists that I, I, I was interested in. Um, I kind of developed my own sense of direction and what I wanted to achieve within music and who kind of, I mean, particularly for me with George Michael was the main one. Um, he kind of just set the whole music thing on fire for me. Um, not because he was just, well, he was amazing, but it was his vocals, his lyrics, his production, uh, just him as a performer, as a person himself, you know, that the whole thing um, unified itself for me. And I thought that's that's where I want to go. You know, I want to do something like that. I want to achieve and write the way he did and be as successful as that. But, you know, we are where we are. But, um, you know, it's a bit of a high bar to reach when you're looking at George Michael. But um, But that was what I wanted to do, you know, that kind of thing. Let me bring up once again, as I got the missed out the one there. Well, leave that up Sweet. and I'd encourage people. Obviously, we enjoy using Getter and your conversations about what has happened to you. You can freely do that on Getter on Twitter. It's maybe a little bit more restricted. Yeah. Um, can I, I mean, I, I can't believe I was six whenever Red Red Wine first came out. Uh, and that was released by UB40 back in 83. Um and then, of course, Stories Alley Campbell left the band 2008, and I guess that's where you come into the story. Um, do you want to maybe just let – what were you doing up to that point? Were you kind of doing stuff with, with bands as a vocalist? Were you doing stuff by yourself? Tell us about what your music career kind of was like, and then we'll discuss how you ended up uh, connected with Ali and ended up singing with him. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my music career before that period was very varied as a session musician and writer. Um, I mean, my earliest days, I was in a band called Joe Junk and we kind of got a development deal uh, with Sonya Records. So there was a period when I was quite young in my early 20s where I lived in London for a, uh, a few years um, on a development deal. Um, learning my craft, basically. And I used to work with uh, different artists, uh, different bands, uh, covers bands, function bands, uh, touring bands. Um, it's kind of a, a jobbing process. You kind of get out there, you kind of jump from one to the other. Um, mm. And it's the same with the writing, you know, you kind of, you write to a speck of the artist that you're, you know, that, that has asked you to write for them. Um, so it's quite an interesting an interesting job to have because it's never the same day. It's always different. It's always, it always keeps you moving and motivated mm. because of the interest of who you're working with, you know. And it's quite, I mean, it's all the pressure is, is on you. It's not a, it's a field that many people enter and I guess fewer successful. Uh, it's not a nine to five job. It's not something you can clock out of. Uh, mm. I mean, what is that like? Because again, it's that, that that pressure that you have to be the one that that drives you have to be the one that put yourself out does that mean you're uh, ambitious or outgoing or an extrovert or what does that kind of mean for you fitting into that <laughs> well, i'm definitely not an extrovert that, that, that's for a start i was i mean when i was when i was young i was painfully shy you know yeah, somebody yeah. would only have to say hello to me and i'd go clarity yeah. ridiculous <laughs> um so i've I kind of learned over the years that if I wanted to do the, the job that I wanted to do, which was music, I would have to learn in some way to ov overcome that shyness, yeah. which I feel I have. And I think as a performer, I think many performers will tell you this, that when they go on stage or, or, or TV or whatever they do before a performance, they, there's like two personalities, two personas, and you can flick between the two because the things I would do on stage or on TV and a live performance are never the things I would do being normal, Matt, you know, the yeah. direct extravagant, you know, <laughs> like you've said, lightly extrovert. But um, 
but yeah, it is it is a strange job, and I think it's it's one of those jobs you can't, um, like you say, you can't phone in sick. You have to be motivated. You have to want to do it. And going back to the point I made before, it's lucky that it didn't seem like work because I mean, don't get me wrong. When you're in a touring band and you're mm. touring for two two months, two three months. Um, it is literally one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. People just yeah. thinking, you know, you're on a tour bus, you do a gig, and then you go have a drink after the show and get back on the tour bus. It's one of the most physical, physically demanding jobs I've ever, ever done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tiredness and the, the, the things you have to deal with and, and still look like you're fresh and happy and, get, you know, <laughs> you could be ill on stage. I mean, the amount of times I've, I've gone backstage and thrown up and then gone back on and I'm still happy. Oh, wow. It's, you know, it's really hard. But then, like I would say, people go, oh, come off. You're just a singer. But that's right, I am. So I can't moan. You know, it's there is the privilege there as well. And it's a privilege to tour and travel all over the world and see beautiful different places as well. So I would never complain about the job ever. T- tell us about how that started with, uh, with Ali. He left, obviously, you before you start his own band uh, with, I think it was called you before. Again, it gets confusing. I just enjoy the music as a consumer. And then you look behind the scenes and you think, my word, that's all very confusing. And there's so many Campbells involved as well. But you obviously had bumped into him, had connected with him in the band during your time as, as a musician. So how did that kind of develop to you actually joining and, and joining them? It, 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 you, you're so correct, Pete. Honestly, the, there's so many fractions of the, the name UB40, the, the original <laughs> UB40, UB40 featuring Ali Astro and Mickey, UB40 featuring Ali and Astro. Now it's UB40 featuring Ali. Um, you know, you have to be so precise, otherwise the world comes down on your shoulders. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I joined Ali when he left. He left in 2008 and I joined him early 2010. He had a, a, a guy singing with him before me. Uh, that didn't quite work out. And my agent just called me and just said, look, Ali Campbell's looking for um, a singer. Are you interested? Oh. And I think that what, what how it worked out well was the fact that we were both from Birmingham, so our voices were pretty similar with the accent and the dialect. Yeah. Um, so when we sang together, it kind of synced together really well. You could understand um, each other. <laughs> well, well, there's that as well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was um, it was great. From the offset, you know, it really worked well. So on to then where we are at the moment. And uh, your separation happened a year ago. Uh, you've been more vocal about it, I think, only in the last maybe number of months. I know you're on GB News and things. But yeah. do you want to tell us then how that, uh, how that came about, that you felt you had to leave and why? And then let's go down that conversation. Well, it... it... I mean, the leaving wasn't a choice of mine. It was um, it was a forced situation, unfortunately. Hmm. Um, it happened just as we were coming, relatively coming out of lockdown in 2021. Um, I think it would have been around May time. Okay. And I remember it because I received um, an email from the Musicians' Union. And the email stated that... Um, things were looking up for, for live performances and bands and live venues and fingers crossed that, you know, in the not too distant future, we'll be able to get back out there and live performances are going to go ahead. Um, and it was about a couple of weeks after that, I received a message from um, UB40 featuring Alien Astro's management, Trinifold management from uh, Jen Lloyd, hmm. um, saying that 
we've been kind of given we're on the amber we're going to be given the green light and you know we're looking at putting some shows in or carrying on with the shows or yeah whatever um but one thing we will stipulate is that all uh, band members must have the the covid vaccination to continue working or and, and be in the band you know to continue working um the management and and the artists both knew um about my condition um years before this i have a, a condition called atrial fibrillation which is um an, an irregular heartbeat i was actually hospitalized in dundee before a show I ran about 2017, 2018, because okay. my heart was irregular and it got quite bad and I got a bit concerned mm. about it. So I went and the, the tour manager took me to the hospital and there was it was give or take whether I was actually going to make the show. So they were quite aware of, of my condition and my situation. Yeah. Um, I had um, a treatment called cardioversion. Cardioversion is basically um, an electric shock to the heart. They put you under and they shock your heart back into a normal rhythm. Um, when I'd had that treatment, the, the consultant at the hospital advised me to have uh, the flu jab because obviously having atrial fibrillation, you've now had the cardioversion, but you could still be vulnerable mm. if you caught flu. So I went and had the flu vaccine. Um, within a day, I'd, well, I would say the next evening, I started feeling like a bit of discomfort under my armpit, and it kind of turned into it, it, well, it turned into the size of a tennis ball, more or less. It was like a growth yeah. in my lymph band um, that was extremely uncomfortable. Um, and then the next day, it started to go down again. Um, but as it went down, it threw my heart back out of rhythm again. Mm. Um, so for me, that was the, the warning sign of those kind of vaccinations. Yeah. So there was no way in hell was I going to take a COVID <laughs> vaccination where, you know, it's quite possibly it could make me even worse. You yeah. know? So, so they knew about that situation. So it was kind of a to and fro conversation for a, a, a good month, I would say, okay. um, because they kept saying, have you had it yet? And I'm sure they were waiting for all the other band members to have the vaccination as well, which, which they did. Um, and I, I just wasn't prepared to have it. And I told them the reasons why I wasn't prepared to have it. Um, but it was a no go. So fortunately my, my other half, um, said, look, we need to get this in writing. We really need a bit of security here. Yep. So I, I sent the management, um, which kind of linked in the artist as well, because they would have saw it, but I just basically stated that unless I have the COVID vaccine, I will no longer be permitted to perform with the band. And they said, yes, that's correct. So wow. I got the sack, basically. Wow. Let me break, because uh, I'll not bring it up, I'll just read it that you'd put up. Back in early May, it was made clear to me by UB40, featuring Ali and Astro's management, that unless I received the COVID vaccine, I could no longer be permitted to be part of the band. Unfortunately, I have an underlying medical condition, which leaves me unable to receive the job. I've had an amazing 10 years with the band, but unfortunately, it can be no more. Thank you for your endless support, love and encouragement here to the future. Now, when I read that, I was uh, surprised, because obviously, you will be angry at how things are going but that there wasn't anger out of that it was well thank you for the good times and now we look to the future and i thought it was very impressive from you that you could have lashed out but actually it was without any anger in that message in that tweet mm. uh, um well thank you um 
my mother passed away when I was 25. And from that point onwards, I've always suffered with depression. Mm. Um, and like anybody who suffers with depression will tell you, they, each person, it's, it's an individual case. And they deal with the signs and the symptoms in their own personal way. Um, when all this happened, for me, getting through lockdown, it was... Mm. It was. I always say to myself, it's like having a goalpost or something to get to, to reach. So you can always see that post and you're working towards it. So when we received, well, when I received the, the, the message or the email from the Musicians Union, that was a signal for me to go, well, we're, we're close now. This is, mm. this is going to kind of be okay. We're going to be all right. Um, so then to have that completely stripped away, it kind of set me back. Yeah. So I, at that point in my life, I was more concerned about saving my own mental sanity mm. than worrying about going headlong into an argument with UB40 featuring yeah. Galli and Astra. I had to protect my own uh, my own mind, my own mental health. Um, and that's where I was with that. And that's, I think that note that you've just read out was the best way for me to deal with that at the point. So I didn't receive any backlash. So I didn't hit, hit yeah. an argument head on. Um, yeah. And, you know, and, and parts of it are, are extremely true. You know, they, they were amazing 10 years and the, it was a, a privilege to be a part of that unit. Um, and I was extremely sad that it had finished, you know, through no fault of my own, through a medical condition that I could do nothing about. But you, you have to get on with it. And that was the best way of dealing with it for me. I guess it, it kind of exposes or shines a light on the difficulty on many industries and what they face during the 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 chaos and the different restrictions. If you're if you're in one country, you can maybe get a letter for if you're here based in the UK, you get a letter from the NHS. If you're at work and maybe from a doctor and you mm. can deal with it in your own country. But I guess one of the difficulties of bands is touring internationally. And yeah. each country will have its own restrictions. And I guess a band I'm thinking from their side of the point of view, from the management, you can't have a band without a singer. So it'll be quite a uh, yeah. quite a, a rubbish show. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, I've never been um, anti-vax ever. You know, I mean, the amount of vaccinations that I've received over the years while traveling globally yeah. to certain places in Asia and Africa where, you know, these vaccinations were, you know, I had to have them there. It was dangerous to be there. So I've never been anti-vax. This vaccine for me, um was something that in my gut I knew I knew would affect me which is why I wouldn't do it there was any it wasn't it wasn't fully tested it, it, it was just kind of all out of the blue and I thought there was just alarm bells going off everywhere um regarding the traveling it, there was no um there was no question of kind of sorting a situation out from them there okay. was no um help in that way you know well obviously okay you don't want to have the vaccine but we'll see what we can do yeah. um you know we'll see if we can work it out i mean there was at the time there was the pcr tests you know mm. i could have still worked under a pcr test uh, but that was never advised to me so it was just like well i kind of i can hear the conversation now it's like well if he's not prepared to have it then we'll have to get somebody else and that was it off i popped and ironically um, when they finally did go and start playing live, they, the first gig was Leeds in Millennium, um, Millennium Square. Um, and they had to cancel the show because two of the, the band members tested positive for COVID <laughs> and they were fully vaccinated. <laughs> Which makes you ask that question. Uh, 
Okay, but again, your your experience, like many others, that you can't, you want to have a rational conversation. You want to put forward your reasons. You had a, a, a medical condition. There are many people that just have concerns and don't want to be rushed into doing something. And yeah, that conversation doesn't really cut through. And I guess you're explaining a, a similar situation where you couldn't actually have a, a grown-up sit-down conversation about it. Not at all. No, it was quite... Um unfortunate and sad in a way the end because having you know spent so many years with, with a touring band i mean anybody in this position will tell you that, that you have your home life which is your family and then you have your touring life which is your your other family you know and you become quite close to these people um at the period when we came out of lockdown there was never any really like phone calls they were all in messages um and when i received that final message um stating that unless i had the vaccine there i could no longer perform that was it there was no correspondence yeah. after after 11 years there was absolutely nothing it was just like well what do i do now you know this is it it's finished everything i'd known for the last 11 years had just mm. gone eradicated and it was like standing on the edge of a cliff looking out to sea, wondering well this is interesting what what, what do i do now uh, what does this mean for you in the music industry? Are you kind of a, a prior? You get most people, just like in society, have gone along and done what they are told to do and mm. haven't engaged their brain. And when anyone questions it, it's, oh, you're a very strange anti-vaxxer, even though someone has probably had all their vaccines up to that day, up to that point. Yeah. But um, So what does that mean for you? Because you just want to make music. You don't want to be caught up really in another story. Music is is your life. And yet you kind of have got a, another part that now comes out and kind of blocks that a bit. Yeah, I think um, at the end of the day, anything like this, when it affects you personally, um, it becomes based on principles, I think, more than anything. Um, I mean, I've never stood well with uh, authority either. I've always questioned everything all my life. Yeah. Um, I mean, not, not to the point where I would go against certain authorities and be a pain, you know what I mean? It was never that, but I've always questioned everything. And if something stood out, I've always trusted my gut. And if it felt wrong, I would question it. And if it could be explained to me that it was this is why we're doing it and it added up then absolutely fine but when things don't add up and they keep getting pushed and pushed and pushed on you um and then it starts affecting like with me my own body autonomy and yep. my choice my right yep. my human right um then the alarm bells started going off as well as the gut you know what i mean it was ridiculous um so i feel quite passionate about moving forward with this now because during this period now, in the last, say, three weeks, once now I've, start, now I've kind of come out and feel strong yeah. enough mentally to deal with this and do the interviews and speak to wonderful people like yourself, um, it's, it's something that is driving me because the amount of messages I've received from people, mm. specifically in the care system, uh, but not just the care system, all over, all over uh, the sector, different jobs, you know, people are saying, well, I lost my job. I had to leave my job because I was threatened by my employer. I had to yeah. have the vaccine or it was basically go. And some of these people, they'd had their jobs longer than I'd had, you know, like mm. 15 to 20 years in the care system. And all of a yeah. sudden they're, they're on universal credit or collecting dull money. And, yeah. or, you know, even to the point where some of them financially were that bad that they had to sell their houses and they ended up homeless. Yeah. And this is not right, you know. So for me, somebody hasn't got that, that that um that power 
over somebody to go, right, you either have this and I don't care about your job or your living or whether you got to put food on the table. You either have this or you're not working here anymore. Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't do that to somebody. It's not right. It's not fair. So all of these people, I want to try and help if I can. You know, I want to – I said before, it is a platform that I have, but it's not a massive platform. But whatever it is, I will use it to the best of my ability. And I also want to stress the fact that there's a lot of people out there that are vaccine injured that the mainstream yep. media will not yep. touch on. You know, they will not touch them. And there's thousands upon thousands of people struggling because they've lost work as well because they can no longer go to work because of injuries from the mm. vaccine. Um, it's tr it's a tragic system that's not getting reported on. So if, if I can in some way help or do, a, you know, a little bit, I'm not going to say I'm going to solve the world's problems in this situation, but if I can help in any which way or can give somebody a, a message of advice back or go phone this number, do this, I'll at least that's something you know well what when all this broke out you probably were scratching your head thinking crap where do i go from here this is not what i was expecting this is not what anyone's expecting yeah so what what where i guess you like everyone else started looking around and seeing what was being talked about and uh beginning to reach out so where were where kind of were your points of contact that you went to when this all kicked off i, I didn't have any and, and I, in, in effect, I still don't. I'm still kind of out there in the wilderness because mm. when you're with a unit for so many years, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it becomes common knowledge that, you know, other bands or other musicians or whatever, if ever they needed my services, they would always have that call. Well, let's not really bother Matt because he's always with Ali. He's always with UB40 that, doing that kind of stuff. So there's no point in calling him. He's always busy. So over the years, annually, the calls kind of go down and down and down to the point where you don't get called anymore. You're working and you have to stay within that position because yeah. that's the only way you're going to earn a living. Um, so then when that gets taken away from you, I was left with zero, absolutely nothing. Um, I had to go into benefits. You know, it was, it was a struggle and still is. And I'm still struggling to try and get back to where I was. Thankfully I have, songwriting as a backup but that's not great at the minute you know there's not really any music in songwriting streaming sites don't pay you anything um so it's a struggle you know as anybody would find it to be a struggle you know people think because you, you was in a, a big band and you performed all around the world that you, you're rolling in it god no really you know it's a struggle and people need to know this you know the struggle and the mental struggle that people have after they've lost their jobs people forget about this yeah. You know, there's so many people out there that have worked in the care system and people go, well, they wouldn't have the jab and they lost the job. And th that that's why, you know, they should have had the jab then. But then they've forgotten about it. So they've lost everything. Yeah. They've lost their jobs. They maybe have lost their homes. Um, so what are these people doing now? How are they? Is anybody checked in on them to see if they're okay? You know, it, this is what we need to find out. You know, these mm. And this is why we have deaths from suicide because yeah. people do not care about the aftermath. It's always what's happening in the current news, and it's never reported. No, absolutely. We're talking about not being reported, and you've been on GB News, and I've been extremely impressed with Mark Stein and a number of the other, Neil Oliver and, and Dan Wooten has spoken, mm -hmm. and Patrick, there have been a number, but I think Mark Stein probably has been at the, the forefront of calling things out and getting yeah. himself in hot water as well. But you were on with him. So obviously yeah. it, it this had happened a year ago, and then... Uh, recently you've wanted to to talk about this kind of what led you maybe to be more public and then going on shows like gb news 
Um, I think the main factor was um, my mental health. Back then, I could have no way dealt with what I'm oh, yeah. doing now. Um, oh, yeah. no, God, no, it would have been impossible. Uh, I do feel stronger mentally now to talk about it. And there is part of me going back to the principles side of thing. It's like, mm. well, well, actually, why am I? Here, why am I struggling? You know, how have I allowed somebody to do this to me? You know, I've done nothing but be loyal and yeah. go out on the road. And, and I, I, you know, I missed one gig in 11 years, one gig. Um, and then because of something that I can't help, which is yeah. a medical condition, I've got booted out. And it's like, well, see you then. And I'm struggling, you know, and I'm not the only one. So I think, well, why the hell should I sit back and just accept it, you know? People need to be held accountable for this kind of thing. Yeah. You know, not just Ali Campbell and his UB40, but everybody that's done this to yeah. employers that have just booted them out, they need to be brought to, you know, justice needs to happen. You know, it's, yeah. it's so wrong. Um, obviously, in the, in the UK, it's been a bit different. And if you look at the States or Canada, uh, they have enforced it and millions of people have lost their jobs. If you look over in Europe, I guess, Austria and Germany were within days of implementing mm -hmm. uh, this. It's been a little bit better here. But your story, I guess, explains that it doesn't matter what the 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 laws are in the country, that still individual organizations can discriminate against people and just drop them like that and yeah. they've got no comeback i mean there's no unlawful dismissal or anything it's no because it's covid suddenly you lose your rights to push back yeah absolutely it's kind of um it's like a jedi mind trick that they've played yeah. on people that <laughs> people just don't understand you know and one of the main things within life and, and uh, has always been throughout life that it's your body and it's your choice yeah nobody can physically force you to have something that you don't know what it is injected yep. into your system just so you can still put food on the table and look after yep. your family it's immoral and it's abhorrent to be fair with you yep. um so this is why I, I feel like I have to do, I have to stand up against this. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to um, do in all of this. I, I, I don't really care if I, success is, is the main goal. If I achieve something phenomenal, because it's not going to be just for me, it's going to be for thousands of other people, because I want to set a precedent where these people know yeah. that there is a way around this and there is people they can call uh, because this is not law it's against the law and it's wrong you know god i can't even put into words how strongly i feel about this you know it's mm. so wrong you know what people are still out there i mean it's mainly the people that go well unless you have the jab you've no longer got a job it's like i'm all right jack pull the ladder up everybody oh, they're all fine they're financially yeah. secure they don't yeah. care and, and these people are struggling. It's like they don't, they don't even think about them again. But we need to. We need to because all these people during lockdowns as well um, that died of ca undiagnosed cancers, yep. undiagnosed yep. heart disease, uh, suicides, mental health conditions, you know, far outweighs all the fucking, excuse me, all the effects. This is why I'm so passionate. All the effects <laughs> of COVID, you know, yep. and all these people that are mentally ill now that weren't before are because of people like this. And it's wrong. You know. No, it's been depressing, I think, seeing how people have accepted whatever has been put upon them. And I always thought uh, 
Brits would push back, would fight back and stand up for rights and freedoms. Yeah. And and your people have capitulated because they've been told there's something really dangerous and you have to be afraid. And fear has forced people. I, I guess you're the same. I, I'm sure you've been just as surprised at how people have just given up their rights. I'm so angry and I'm so passionate. I mean, obviously, I mean, we nearly had to put the bleep button in there, but it's... <laughs> For me, I'm absolutely disgusted with the music industry because for me, growing up as a child and as a young adult, there was always those bands, you know, that especially in the punk and, you know, all that kind of stuff that, that fought back. They were political yeah. and they stood up and they stood against the machine and yeah. they weren't having any of it. It's like, well, where are they now? They've all vanished, you know what I mean? And I feel that if you're given, obviously... I'm not a politician, so I'm not going to stand on my soapbox and every week and put hitting my lyrics up. But, but if I've got something to say, I think you're kind of given that privilege to make people aware of a situation. You know, these these people, I mean, I can, one hand I can think of at the moment, there's Right Said Fred, who have been just amazing. Yeah. Uh, we have Van Morrison, you've got Jim yep. Brown, um, sorry, Ian Brown and, and Jim Core. Yeah. Those are the main ones that have really yeah. stood up. And and none of them really are from a background where you would think, well, you know, they're expected. That's expected of them. It's, it's always the ones that is, I mean, right said Fred, you know, yeah. they're not the sex pistols. Do you know what I mean? It's like, but these are the people that have stood against this machine and gone, no, this is not right. Um, and we need to find more. We, You know, it, it, it needs to happen soon, you know, because these people are getting away with it every single day. Yeah, yeah. The, you mentioned, which really, again, has surprised me, you talked about the the band union or the music union had contacted you. And mm-hmm. um, we've always believed that the union is there to support the little person, is there to support the worker and fight mm-hmm. for their rights. But again, that seems to flip round that unions are now to support big former government and not the rights of the individual. So I get, did you expect to get a better response or to be able to argue with them and them saying, oh, Matt, now you've explained that, of course, we're on your side. Was that a surprise? I'll I'll be quite honest about the Musicians Union. Unfortunately, they're they're absolutely useless. Absolutely useless. There's been a few times I've kind of contacted them over the years about certain situations, and I've never been satisfied with their Mm -hmm. response, ever. Um, Back in the day, the only reason any musician got involved with the musicians union was to perform on tv you had to have a musician union membership number to perform on tv Uh, whether it was stipulated because of the bbc i don't know but that was the kind of the going thing so that's Mm. why i was a member i've never been happy with their response on anything i wasn't happy before and i wasn't happy during the 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 COVID thing i wasn't happy during well you know because initially that's who i got in touch with when all this happened what you know where what are my rights I'll go and find this link, go and find it. There was nobody there to go, well, this is what you need to do, Matt. So for me, the Musicians Union was a a complete waste of time. Um, And like you say, you're quite right. A a lot of unions out there are not prepared to put the workers first like they were back in the 80s, you know. It's it's, it's all to do with the big conglomerates now, and that's all they care about. I think you'd put out a, a thank you to the Workers Union of England. And I know we've talked to uh, Neil McRae, who has worked there. And it's these, I guess, new organisations that have sprung up that are willing to stand up, whatever the consequence or whatever the cost. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Workers England Union, um, they were the one that stood up and, and said, we'll help you. You know, we'll help you with moving this forward. Um 
it's it's a long road it really is a long road um they've been amazing so far with the support um dr shireen um who looks after me who, who's been nothing but giving me wonderful advice over my current situation um has been amazing people just in general the, the messages i've received mm. on you know on social media especially um you know, people like you know my my two sons are, are in their forties now, and they're working. And one of them has, has been told that he's got to have, and I'm petrified because his his brothers had it and had a side effect. So I really don't want him. To, is there anybody you can advise me? I can speak to Matt. Um, you know, my husband's j just come home from work and been told he's got to have the jab, or he's you know I'm not working anymore because I'm ill. I don't know what we're going to do. It's mm. constant, constant. I'm getting these yeah. messages. Um, yeah. And if you ever watch mainstream media, it's like you can see the narrative change. COVID, what well, COVID? It's gone. Yeah. Well, what about the people it affected? People yeah. who? It's just nobody cares anymore. And um, it's really sad. It's really mm. sad. I mean, if you if I could send you the messages I receive daily, it breaks my heart. Yeah. So if I can help do anything you know because i try and reply to all of them if i can you know i, I say well i'll try and find numbers i'll do this or blah 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 um but you can't respond to every single one of them because there's too many so yeah. if we can kind of do something overall where we can put something out there and say well if you're having this problem like i did this is the number to call this is what we you need to do yeah. then that's what i'm going to try and do you know well, certainly for us, people have contacted us and we passed their details on to the Workers' Union of England. We've had, uh, we've had the NHS 100K on talking about the the damage to the health industry with yeah. doctors, nurses, board staff having worked, as you said, possibly for decades. And suddenly that experience is now lost. And we think actually the NHS should carry on as normal. Well, it won't if you take away that uh, even if it's just a small percent uh, mm -hmm. of actually good workers who know it's going to cost you hundreds of millions, billions to actually train up those yeah. tens of thousands of people once again. Absolutely. And it's becoming noticeable. Uh, yeah. A friend of mine's mother, um, who's 76, I would say, around about that age, unfortunately, she fell down the stairs uh, a couple of days ago, literally tumble dried it all the way down to the bottom. Um he phoned an ambulance immediately um, and they said it would be a six hour wait. So she was lying on the floor for, I would say about four hours. And in the end, she kind of managed to get herself together and he canceled it. Uh, but six hours for an elderly person that's fallen down top to bottom of the stairs to wait lying on the floor is disgusting. And this is what the last two years have yeah. done to, has done to people. Um, and regarding my situation and then the messages I've got, um, it's pure discrimination. It is yep. pure discrimination um, and something needs to change. It really does. No, absolutely. Um, can we finish off talking about your music because you're a musician yeah. that's what you do for a living you're oh, no, we a forgot about that didn't we <laughs> we forgot about it you, get off your soapbox you obviously people can go to matthoyofficial.co.uk they can uh, listen to snippets they can watch the videos they can buy the music your new or i guess it's new each album because it was i think last year strong do you yeah. want to uh, people can get a taster of that on the website, but do you want to kind of let us know a little bit about 
what that is about. You put your heart and soul into writing. You pour your guts out, I guess, when you write music. Tell us about what that, I guess, the title track, Strong, and then the album is about. Well, I'll, I'll go back a step further, if I may, just to, yep. to kind of lead you up into Strong. My first album, which came out in 2018, 2019, I wrote a song called Happy. And basically what it was about was uh, mental health. It was mm. about being positive and getting out there. And, and I had lovely messages from people saying, oh, my God, this song really cheers me up. It's amazing. I played to people. And people in the care sector used to say, you know, people with mental illnesses or with disabilities, it used to motivate them, which was wonderful, yeah. um, especially when I wrote it in 20 minutes. It was just one of them ones who just thought, oh, you know, three-minute pop song, here we go, bosh. Um, and people, the response I had was amazing. So this time, Strong for me was like Happy's big brother. I really wanted to delve into not just mental health, but the spirit of the human personality, you know, and and, and also the, the fact that nobody has the right to tell you what to do. You have a choice. You have opinions. You have your own body. You, you can make that choice yourself. And for me, I always have to have kind of um, a subject matter that I, yep. I write a bit because otherwise it just turns into into nothing, really. Mm. Um, I love you, Dovey. Oh, I love you, baby. And I, I'm not into that. I do do those, but I'm not into that. I prefer to write about something. And Strong for me was was the one that I really wanted to just, you know, come on, let's push against this, you know. And, and it was during that period of lockdown when, when I was struggling. So writing was something that occupied my mind it kept it active but it also occupied it and I, I could channel it into writing and not go off with the fairies and do something stupid you know so the whole album is filled with um just different subject matters there's one on there um about domestic abuse but coming from a, a man's point of view being abused mm. by the wife um and there's also I'm, I'm, i've actually got it here actually so i can go through the titles with you um there's another one on there, positive. There's blue and green. Um, and then we did kind of say, because I wrote the album with my wonderful writing partner, James um, Crosdale, um, he said, we, ne we need something a little bit more <laughs> lighthearted because it's all, it's all very serious. So I kind of had to agree. And he said, well, you know, we need like a baby maker or something in there. Yeah, yeah. I said, oh, what? Are you a baby maker? I went, oh, right, okay. So I've always loved the old... Um, Motown duets, you know, with Dinah Ross and Marvin Gaye yeah. and Roberta Flack and all that kind of stuff. So we, we, we attempted a track like that and it was called Wonderland and we had the amazing Jesse Deluro from Los, Los Angeles do a duet with me on it. And it really harps back to like the late 70s, you know, with all the sitars and the shaft and the Bronx and all that. So it was a wonderful, uh, um, wonderful thing to do, actually. It kind of, it got me, it saved me. Mm. It saved me. It kept me sane, uh, working on something. Uh, because if I hadn't had that, I wouldn't have had anything, you know, yeah. because obviously I couldn't write for anybody else because nobody was doing anything. You know, nobody could perform. Nobody could go in the studio or write or record or anything. So it did. It really saved my life. But t tell us about that music writing experience because sometimes you listen to music and you just want to forget about things, I guess, a form of escapism. Other times you actually you catch onto the lyrics, you think, actually, that that means something. Mm. And it's about the song as opposed to pulling out. What is that like for you? Uh, is it focusing on just the issues or is it also trying to make people just kind of close their eyes and 
I guess, be at peace or forget about? Uh, is there a battle or uh, a well, fight between those styles? I suppose it's everything when you kind of look at it from the listener's perspective. Um, I think writing-wise, I am so lucky to, to, to work with James because he's an amazing uh, musician and amazing mm. producer. Um, so I, I just call him and go, have you got anything for me? And he, what he'll do is kind of send me a basic uh, rhythm track, like drums and yep. bass with maybe a little bit of piano in there, just so I can get some ideas. And I'm kind of immediate in how I react to something. I can listen to something and go, no, that's not going to work. No, that's not going to work. But as soon as I hear something and go, wow, that's the one, I can write it within a day because I just get so absorbed into it. And luckily with James, he knows exactly what I'm going to like and he, he never fails. He's, you know, he's winner, winner, chicken dinner every time. He just sends me these tracks and they're just gold every single time so it was it was an easy process it was like it was like christmas he just sent me a bag of tracks and i just spent mm. a wonderful amount of time well a few months just sitting there writing and and changing them and once i'd sent the lyrics back and arranged stuff then he would produce and then i would send oh, well should we try it and it was just a wonderful time um to keep me occupied and i'm sure it was yeah. the same for him because he was in this, the same boat as well you know um, tell us about what the the future is. Is it keep doing the same thing? Um, is it more activism? What uh, over the next few years? Kind of, do you look ahead that far, or is it simply uh, you want to put something together in the next six months? Uh, how does it look like for you as a, a career wise? Um, I mean, music is it's in my blood. I'm always going to do it. You know, I'm always going to be a performer. I'm always going to be a writer. Uh, I never stop music. I mean, priority-wise now, this for me is uh, going forward something I'm extremely passionate about um, because I, I feel when, when you do music, you're kind of representing yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, when people start contacting you, acting for ask, asking for your help, there's a responsibility to help those people. You know, Otherwise, don't put yourself in that position where you're getting the messages. So I do feel a responsibility to help these people and I, I, I will do everything within my power that I can uh, to help and get something out there and moving forward, maybe setting up a foundation or a charity or something along those lines where people can go, well, I'm screwed, what do I do now? Phone this number, they will help mm -hmm. you, you know, because like we've said over and over in this interview, you're not going to get this information from mainstream mm. media. They don't want yeah. you to know about this. They don't care about this. Yeah. Um, but we need to let people know that there are people out there that are prepared to help. Um, so that is my main goal. Obviously, I've got to do the music because financially, you know, I'm broke, so I need to move forward. I need to, mm. I need to work. I have to work. Um, but so there's lots of options for me. Obviously, I still do the writing. I will be performing. I'm going to do this as well. Uh, if I can combine the two, mm. amazing. Um, and let's get some freedom concerts out there as well. You know, let's get the word out there so people can get in touch and, and also party and not be discriminated against, yeah. you know. That's no, look look forward to those freedom concerts, and of course, everything everything will be available on uh, on Getter, on Twitter, and also on the website mathoyfisher.co.uk. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I find Getter such a, um, a wonderful place to be because yeah. you know, unlike some of the other social medias, they do tend to uh, stop what you want to say. You know, um, Getter doesn't do that. You can kind of put what you want out there and have your own opinion. So it's a wonderful place. But yeah, I'm out there on all social medias, Mathoy Official. Um, and yet yeah, at the website as well. So all information, anything new up and coming will be on those on those platforms.
Brilliant. Matt, thank you for your time today. Thank you for coming along and sharing your story. And all the links are there. So it's great to talk to new people um, and to hear how they're navigating this. So thank you for coming along today. Oh, bless you. Thank you, Peter. It's been a privilege. And I thank you so much, mate. Not at all. Do you ever do you ever wish you got your bus license so you could actually drive the tour bus instead? Well, life would have been a lot simpler, wouldn't it? Seriously. <laughs> never there's still time. Yeah, there's, there's still time. Still time. <laughs> so if Thanks, you want Peter. Matt to get a bus license, you can message him, go online and send him those messages. Uh, maybe you can maybe you can buy him a bus license or something, then he can oh, he bus, can drive the bus. Tour bus driver. That's yeah. true. <laughs> For the Freedom Tour, coming soon, driven by Matt. <laughs> Fantastic, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Wonderful, Matt. Well, thank you, and let me thank our audience. Thank you for tuning in and watching. Uh, it's not live, therefore it's available on all the platforms, including the ones we don't stream on, so on BitChute as well, and uh come where else actually but streaming on getter on rumble on the website uh on vkd live anywhere else and also on podbean as a download so if you listen on the go you can download and listen on podbean or any podcasting app of your choice and on that can i just uh, which, say before yeah. we go sorry to interrupt you peter Not i just want to all those people that have sent me messages of support as well i've had hundreds and hundreds of messages of support thanking me for what i'm doing um, I just want to say thank you to those people because they truly have kept me going. Because obviously, when you do suffer with a mental illness, some yeah. days you wake up and go, "Can I do this today?" Yeah. And then I get those messages, and it does put you know petrol in the engine. It really does. So I just want to thank all those people as well. Absolutely. And on that perfect note, I'll wish our viewers and listeners a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll be back with you on Thursday. So thank you very much, and goodbye. If you like what we do, sign up to our mailing list, donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofoak.org. Thank you for listening.